0: Laws is a show about the history of crime, criminals, and the investigation thereof. There may be discussion of adult themes and generally icky stuff. Also, neither host is a legal professional, and this show does not contain any legal advice. Remember, crime doesn't pay. Unless you're really good.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Scofflaws, a history of law and disorder. My name is Sean, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Kate. Say hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. All right, so, Kate, um, I believe last time we were telling our dear listeners that we were going to discuss uh, the American Revolution. Isn't that right?
0: Yeah, but I was wrong. So when I was (laughs) looking up crimes for the American Revolution, I found a really cool crime that happened around the american revolution and you know involved somebody who was a part of the revolution but i found it and because we got such uh acclaim and people are really loving our lizzie borden episode this is kind of in the same vein
1: yeah people seem to love uh love the character pieces
0: it's one that just like I there's only one known like major researcher on it, so it's kind of not as widely known as Lizzie Borden.
1: Well, all right then. So who uh, who are we talking about?
0: Uh we are talking about Barnett Davenport. He was born in Connecticut in uh seventeen fifty. Oh excuse me, seventeen sixty. He was um kind of a known little thief oh just before we get any further those of you who ignore our really fun intro don't this this specific topic is even more brutal than lizzie borden <laughs> just a general oh, good. warning <laughs> and,
1: and i can honestly say i've never heard of him so let's uh let's dig into what's his face
0: to barnett davenport <laughs> So, in his history of crime, he was convicted of robbery and thievery, uh, first at the age of 15. Um, He was also known for using a number of aliases and known for being a horse thief.
1: An equestrian bandit, if you will.
0: (laughs) Um, Basically... He joined the Continental Army at the age of 16, and most men at this time actually were deserting their job at the army because they weren't getting paid, because the revolution was a messy thing, um, or they were being treated poorly by the commanders, but Barnett was lucky because he served under George Washington for his three and a half, four years of service.
1: When George Washington was like, where are all these horses coming from?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's not canon, friends. That's just, that's a fun story we like to tell ourselves. Um, but he deserted the Continental Army in 1780 and then got a job on the farm of Caleb and Jane Mallory. They they hired him specifically to work on their linen business to help uh, spin some linen. So they could sell it. Linen was a huge thing at this time. Cotton was as well. Cotton was kind of exploding, um, but it didn't explode that as much as we think it did until after the revolution or after the Civil War, the American Civil War. So linen was still super popular right now.
1: So it was linen versus cotton.
0: Yeah, the North preferred linen. Although the Civil War, um, during the Civil War, they went back to linen from cotton because there's a embargo from the cotton farms in the south and cotton doesn't grow very well in the north. That's a whole big story. That's
1: that's weird. That's weird because I mean when you when you think of the quintessential southern gentleman it's always the white linen suit.
0: Yep. And he got that from up north. (laughs) Um Uh. so the Mallorys had it was Caleb and Jane Mallory their daughter and their two daughters lived on the farm with them, as well as their three ga- grandchildren. K, or excuse me, uh, Barnett, who was going under the alias Nicholas because that was his brother's name, um, lived on this farm for a couple of months working with them. And he used what's called a swingle, um, one night to murder Caleb and Jane Mallory and, their eldest grand grandchild
1: so wait he he murdered them with a pokemon
0: uh no, it's like a giant I don't know how to explain it's like a giant blade or board. um I saw some pictures of it online. It's kind of if you know what a bread knife looks like, like one of those with the two sides that's kind of a curved blade uh that's kind of what it looks like, but it's
1: i am I am totally googling
0: that right now. you have to look for tool and then go into the images. There's like six different versions of it. I think he used the wooden one that's not actually a blade, because um, the reports say that these people were bludgeoned to death. And this was in November 1780.
1: All right, let's see here. Um, okay, yeah, no. This, this looks more like Pyramid Head's knife than a little cute seagull Pokemon.
0: Yes. Um, I caught one of those.
1: They suck against electric type, but anyway. <laughs>
0: So he used uh, this giant blade to murder Caleb and Jane and their eldest granddaughter. And he was captured 10 days later in a cave uh, near Cornwall. And the reason that we know so much about this crime is that his confession was incredibly detailed. It was 14 pages long. A
1: 14-page confession?
0: Yes. I only read snippets. So. The reason that he gave for killing the family was, yeah, he did want their money, but also he he admitted that in the months that he was there, he was quote haunted and possessed with the thoughts of murder.
1: <laughs> haunted and possessed. That that's that's some Edgar Allan Poe shit right there.
0: He's modern socio- or modern psychologists are diagnosing him as a sociopath. Um, have diagnosed him as a sociopath because he had 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 thoughts of murder since the age of 13.
1: I'm a sociopath. There's not much you can do for me. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay, so before we knew sociopathy was a thing, here's a sociopath.
0: Exactly. He was... um, The reason that the mother and the two aunts, or the mother and the aunt, were not um, killed in this rampage was because... Barnett had convinced them to go on vacation and leave the children behind.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, leave the, leave the children to the hired help that signed on, what was it, a week ago?
0: Nothing can possibly go wrong. Possibly go wrong.
1: That's the first thing that's ever gone wrong.
0: Yeah, for real. He, so he ended up bludgeoning the oldest child and the grandparents to death, but also, like, shot the grandfather to be sure that he was dead. And then after he killed those three, he went to the two younger children who said, don't worry, go back to, and he said, don't worry, go back to sleep. It's just those noises that you hear are your grandmother becoming ill. And these children called him Mr. Nicholas and really trusted him. Um So he took the money and everything that he could. And I'm going to read you, a bit from his confession. But
1: but before that, just, just to make sure, he wrote off the sound of a gunshot as grandma having a coughing fit. Yes. That's, how how young were these children?
0: Six and four were the youngest. Eight uh, was the one that got killed.
1: Okay, I'm, I mean, it's always hard as an adult to think back to when you were that young, but I'm pretty sure that even at the age of six, I knew what coughing sounded like.
0: yeah. I think so, too, but the next events are going to kind of make that fact obsolete.
1: All right, let's hear it.
0: All right, so this is from his confession. To a heart not past all feeling, what could have been more shocking? But how unmoved was I, who now set myself to searching for the money of the dead, having found a considerable sum of paper currency and some solid coin, and searched among the papers for more scattering them about i put them i put on some of the dying man's clothes plundering the room in which still groaning persons in the anguish of death were lying
1: it sounds more it sounds less like a confession more like bragging
0: he the whole thing was him bragging i read some other parts that were too gruesome even for me to read on air um, he gives detailed descriptions of how he killed everybody, and the to-a-heart-not-past-all-feeling bit was about him being slightly guilty, feeling slightly guilty for killing the child.
1: Only a smidge, just a scooch of guilt.
0: Yes. Um. So, after he went and checked on the children, he set fire to the house in three places, which ensured the death of all five people.
1: Wow, Grandpa really got it Rasputin-style, didn't he? Yes, he did. Beaten, shot, and then fired to seal the deal.
0: Exactly. Um, so he ran away and wasn't caught till ten days later. In the meantime, his brother was captured um, because he actually used his brother's name with the plan to frame him.
1: <laughs> so oh, his man. brother
0: was captured um, and thought to be an alias. But soon after Barnett was also captured, um, he was sentenced to forty lashes for the stealing and then hanging, um, hanging by the neck until dead. Um, forty lashes is actually less than he would have gotten if he would have been convicted for desertion. Desertion, the the um, crime, if you were court-martialed for desertion, was thir- uh, was one hundred lashes. But George Eesh. Washington was. George Washington was known to give or to sentence five hundred lashes for men in his company.
1: Achi Jesus, you that's
0: many men don't survive one hundred.
1: No, no, I imagine that pretty much turns your your back into a fine pink mist.
0: Um, if you've ever seen Outlander, they describe this, or read Outlander, they describe it heavily. Um, a man was given one hundred lashes, um, and then again in the following week. Um, but your back after 50 is flesh. There's no skin left.
1: Yeah, but I imagine afterwards, if you survive it, you've pretty much got a turtle shell back there.
0: Yep, um, if you don't die of infection first.
1: And we're still in the age of medicine where we're like, that doesn't look too good. Let's cut that thing off of ya.
0: Yes, but with the back, there would be nothing they could do. There was no wound irrigation techniques. It was too early. Germ theory didn't exist yet.
1: Nope. Nope. It's uh it's pretty much you uh you get an infection, then you're pretty pretty SOL.
0: Mm-hmm. Um so his brother, uh, for being thought an accomplished accomplice, was also sentenced to forty lashes and life in prison. He had escaped prison um after he was third in there. And then was brought back, but only stayed for two years when his innocence was proven.
1: Gee, now I'm now I'm mad that I used up the uh, the fugitive clips on the previous episode.
0: <laughs> so that's the story the story of the first mass murderer in America.
1: Wow! Um, so that predates uh, what was the one that was in Chicago, um, H. H. Holmes, by by a good yeah. century or so, right?
0: Correct. this is widely known as by historians as the first mass murder in the united states and this was terribly uncommon especially in the americas at the time when people because people it was so hard to kill people so fast back then that mass murder was just ridiculously uncommon nobody did it and you only did it if you had the sick desire to die because Almost everybody got caught.
1: Yeah, I mean, back in the day when it took five minutes to to load a gun, you're either sitting there waiting for it to load, or you're get in there with with a trudging.
0: Actually, it took two minutes, but I see your point.
1: <laughs> well, aren't we precise? Is
0: this is what happens when you do military reenactments. <laughs> <from our living? laughs>
1: well, either way, either way. I mean. Two minutes is a long time for someone to wait to be murdered.
0: Exactly. And that actually is why the British had um, specific fighting mechanisms to protect the people who were loading.
1: Yeah. uh, Wasn't that the whole, like, line thing that, yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. The two lines, um, which actually wasn't really enhanced much after. um, So it became a thing in, like, the 15th century, 16th century. And then um, guns back then were really heavy, so very few people would use them. And then as guns became a little bit lighter and people were using them more, um, you would put the people firing in the front and the people loading in the back to kind of keep a nice rotation so less, there was less bloodshed. I remember
1: back in high school, my my U.S. history teacher cited that as like a reason why the British forces weren't as capable when fighting against the Revolutionary Armies because the Revolutionary Army used, like, guerrilla tactics.
0: They didn't use so much guerrilla tactics, but they did, um... They weren't as organized. I suppose they did use guerrilla tactics with the Spy Network, which we'll probably do an episode on next year for the 4th of July.
1: yes. Yes, let's continually tease forward doing an episode about the revolution.
0: Yes. Uh well, I didn't think of the Washington spy network until now. That's going to be a a very hefty episode though because there's so much research on it. But like there were some covert operations. It's the only reason that the Americans could win the war um aside from help from the French was the was the sheer cunning of Washington and his development of his spy network. Like Everyone who's seen Hamilton knows about Hercules Mulligan, uh, who was a tailor who literally would listen to the secrets of the people who were talking around them because he had already he had pledged loyalty, quote unquote, to the Tory army or to the British army. Um, So little shit like that. And women were involved in the spy network. And there's a whole book on it, Um, it a couple that really show how interesting it was. And then the French also helped.
1: <laughs> women spies really seem to have been able to, to fly under the radar for a lot of human history.
0: Women were invisible for a lot of human history.
1: Sadly true, yeah. Like, said as the guy on this podcast, but sadly true, yeah.
0: You cannot recognize that women were invisible and be a man. That's okay.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: That's That just shows that you're smart. <laughs>
1: Oh, all right. So, America's first mass murderer.
0: Yeah. How's that for a doozy?
1: Wasn't what I was expecting. I I thought we were going to talk about the revolution, but that'll probably be next year or the year after, or we'll see how far we can tease (laughs) that out.
0: Um, I might talk about, um, I might talk about the Battle of Yorktown in April, or there's a lot of revolutionary points that can be talked about. So. We'll just keep you hanging on with that.
1: Yep. Yep. We'll, uh... Also,
0: happy 4th of July, people, who are in the United States.
1: Yep. Happy Independence Day to, uh, all of you stateside. Uh, make sure you set off the fireworks and then drink.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, keep your pets safe. Um, don't shoot fireworks in the direction of humans. I'm gonna be watching them from our back deck, because we have a perfect view.
1: I'm going to be at work, unfortunately, but I'm sure that I'll see some fireworks at some point. People set them off around here all the time.
0: Yeah, it's true. Also, happy birthday. Um, the day that we're recording this is Sean's lovely, lovely wife's birthday today.
1: Yes, it is. After this, we're going to go out and get all-you-can-eat sushi.
0: Oh, my gosh. That sounds delightful. <laughs> um, yep. Next week, friends, we are going to do something in- the world of uh Renaissance England because the Bristol Renaissance Fair opens this weekend, July uh eighth. Um yep, it opens July 7th, excuse me. Um, so July 7th, the Bristol Renaissance Fair opens. So if you're in the Chicagoland, Wisconsin area um and can visit us easily, come see our show. We work super hard on it. Also, we'll do some podcast stuff. Um to talk about things that happened in the English Renaissance.
1: Yep. Nope. If you want to see, if you want to see me acting goofy in person and Kate being dirty, but intelligent in person, then that's the place to go. Exactly. All right. So, uh, Kate, if someone wanted to contact us asking about this episode or anything else, where they can, uh, where can they do that at?
0: Well, Sean, the best place that people can contact us is on Facebook. I am always on Facebook. I have a problem. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But I, myself or Sean, will always answer Facebook. Or um, you can find us on Facebook um, at Scofflaws, a history of crime and disorder. Or you can email us at scofflawspodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can visit us on our website. It has all of our contact information on there. and. Yeah, that's what I can think of.
1: Yep, and if you uh, if you liked what we did here, um, I would ask that you leave us a, a five-star review on Apple Podcast or whatever service or device you're using to listen to this on. Uh, it really helps get the word out so that we can keep doing this and more people can enjoy it. And also, if you feel so inclined to support us financially, there is also our Patreon that's just waiting for that first donor to come along.
0: Exactly, and we will share that on our Facebook page to make that a little bit easier for people to visual visualize.
1: Oh, alright, and, uh, yep, I should probably find the silly law for this episode.
0: That might be a good idea. Which I should have
1: done. Which I should have done instead of, uh, Google searching for Pokemon slash murder weapons.
0: <laughs> that sounds like my life.
1: Okay, here's one. Um, out of Arkansas, it is strictly prohibited to pronounce Arkansas incorrectly. Wait, really? Uh, this is another one that has the full text of the law. Um, and I'm just, uh, reading through this real quick. Uh, da-da-da. whereas the mayor has been thoroughly investigated, da-da-da. therefore resolved by both houses of the General Assembly. Okay. Uh, Cutting in halfway through it, be it therefore resolved by both houses of the General Assembly that the only true pronunciation of the name of the state, in the opinion of this body, is that received by the French from the native Indians and committed to writing in the French word representing the sound. It should be pronounced with three syllables, with the final, and then it's it doesn't know how to uh, how to print out the phonetic symbol there, uh, silent, The another phonetic symbol I didn't know how to print out, huh. and each syllable with the Italian sound and the accent on the first and last syllables. Also, uh, the name is the French pronunciation of a Siouan word. I, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that right. S-I-O-U-X-A-N, word meaning land of the downriver people. So, yeah, um, so Arkansas has a law about how to pronounce Arkansas.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's because so many people fucked it up over time that they're just like, you know what, here's the way to say it. We're sick of correcting you.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, you'd think that Illinois would have that, but what do I know?
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: That's, uh, that's been this episode of The Scofflaws, and I hope you all enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you next week. So uh, thank you, thank you for joining us. Say bye, Kate.
0: Bye, Kate.
1: I just can't get the image of Pyramid Head bashing someone in with a wingle out of my head.